Welcome to Locking Your Success. We are the company that creates strategies to build wealth. This podcast is the audio from the Locking Your Success Options Trading for Income Weekly Update webinar. This webinar reviews real-time hypothetical trades each week while analyzing market conditions with adjustments. Questions are always welcomed, asked, and answered. If you would like to view the charts and graphs referenced in this podcast, please visit our blog at LockingYourSuccess.com for a video replay of the live webinar. Before we get started, we need to go over our disclosures. Locking Your Success LLC is not a broker dealer or financial advisor. This presentation is for educational purposes only. This information is not an offer to buy, sell, or hold securities. You shall be fully responsible for any investment decision you make, and such decisions will be based solely on your evaluation of your financial circumstances, investment objectives, risk tolerance, and liquidity needs. Please visit CBOE.com to find and review the options risk disclaimer prior to placing any trades. Also, please note that these are real-time but hypothetical computer simulated trades and results. The trades are believed to be as accurately presented as possible, however, they are not guaranteed as to accuracy and therefore live results may vary. No representation is being made that any portfolio will or is likely to achieve profits or losses similar to those shown. Whew! Now that that's over, let's get to it. Here is your host, John Locke. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Lock in Your Success Options Trading for Income Weekly Update for January 25th, 2016. If you're watching this on YouTube or some other venue or listening via podcast, come on over to our website at lockinyoursuccess.com. That's L-O-C-K-E, inyoursuccess.com. Join our mailing list and get your free report, The Seven Secrets to Becoming a Successful Trader, and sign up for this free weekly webinar and join our community. Also, while you're there, check out our trading programs. We have, of course, our master class. We have super simple spread trades. We have the M3, Bearish Butterfly, the Rock, the M21, and APM Squared. All of our programs are actually on special through SMB this month, except for APM Squared, uh, particularly the M21 program. So if you're interested in that, I believe it ends at the end of the month. So uh, you may want to take advantage of that. And I'll just quickly go over the location of that. It's going to be at... Uh, smbtraining.com slash blog slash m21 and you can uh, if you're interested in that you can come over here and read about it and also uh, the offers are down here so if you're gonna uh, if you're interested in purchasing something this is a good month to do it little word about what we're covering in this update we cover four of the trades from our various trading programs we cover the bearish butterfly the uh, the M3, cover the Rock, and the V Condor uh, is part of the SSS trading system. And we've been doing this for years. And again, you can go on our blog or on YouTube. We have uh, multiple years of uh, examples. So announcements this month. Of course, we have the Trading Triangle uh, live in Hawaii, which we are still registering for. We have special room discounts available to the 28th. And that's going to be held June 21st through the 24th. On Wednesday at 9 a.m., we have Kevin Lee, who is our successful options trader of the month. He'll be doing a nice presentation for you then. We also have what we're renaming. And one of the things you're going to find out is we're we're really trying to put a lot of stuff in place for uh, especially you know our Premium Plus members and our Premium members as well. 
and we're going to be changing some things around, and, and we have a lot of great ideas. You just have to be patient with us because uh, we'll be continually coming out with, uh, with new and, and better stuff as we go along. I want to make sure that we have uh, you know, time to make sure we, we roll things out and it's done in an organized manner. But we're going to have, uh, we've got a lot of great things planned for you guys. So hopefully you're, you'll be on board with us. But one of the things we're doing here is our premium plus bonus section session this month is going to be managing risk with David Thomas. We've been asked to make this available to premium members and uh, basic members. Uh, for an additional cost, and so we decided that we would do that. So I'll show you where that is as well. So this is going to be free for Premium Plus people, and is going to be a charge for the others. So let me just bring up uh, my thing here. So if you are a basic member or a non-member, you can join this session at the regular price, price of $125, and that's done at our regular website under Coaching, enrichment sessions and that can be purchased there if you are a premium member you can go into the community and hit the discounts premium tab the because um, you'll have access to that and we can get that at a discounted price of $99 if you are a uh, premium plus member you just go into your coaching sessions because you have access to that and click on your January sessions and then you can come in here and uh, join right here for free. And make sure you register for that if you'd like to attend on uh, January 27th. So that is the process for, for that. And let's see what else we got going on here real quick before we get rolling. So that, and I believe that's all I have for announcements. I know I had one other thing, but I can't remember what it was. So we'll just move on. So as far as where the markets have gone over the last week and where they're going, uh, I just have this up. This is a really good example of the Dow coming in and bottoming at uh, right at our support level here. So that, uh, that, that worked out fairly nice. But last week, if we go back to the Russell, we were sitting at a support level at around 1,010. Right, we penetrated that last—not last week, but the week before. We penetrated that. We ended up closing the week here over that level. I was thinking I'm short-term bullish in the market, mainly because uh, we held that support level for the week. Although very open to the possibility that we may come down and test the bottom of the candle that penetrated um, intraday, and. I was thinking we'd probably get a bounce probably into the 1050 area last week. Well, I mean, not necessarily have it happen last week, but um, but more or less be in the upward direction. I also said if we broke the lower part of this candle that the other indices were not bottomed out yet. And if they were to try and bottom, we would probably break this candle and run into the 950s, which that second scenario happened. I thought the first scenario was actually a little more likely, but um, but we did break down. We did push into the into the 950s. The other indices bottomed. The SPX capitulated a little bit. The Dow didn't quite hit its bottom, but it was close. And if you were to look at the NDX, well, we looked at the Dow already. If you look at the NDX, we had a pen intraday penetration here 
of this uh, of this low, but we came right back and closed the week back over that 1110 area. From a technical standpoint, that's actually quite bullish short term. So I essentially have the same stance that I had last week, where it's likely that the markets are going to continue to go up even though the futures are down this morning. And probably, I mean, I'm looking at the 1050 level, but realistically our real resistance is at 1075. I think the market's a little weak right now, so I think it may have trouble getting up to the 1075 area. It may prove me wrong and continue to go. But um, for now, short term, I'm still bullish. 1050 area, I'd be very concerned about the market starting to roll over. And if it doesn't make the 1050 area, that's kind of weak. Uh, whatever our bounce is, it's likely we're probably going to hold a sideways range from 950 to 1075 for a little while in the market before we head further down. So that's my most likely scenario of where I think the markets are going. So I'm still short-term a little bit bullish, although I think we're going into a sideways trend. And then the next breakdown of 950 is probably coming down to the 850 area. So it's going to be our next 100 points. So that is my thoughts on where the Russell's going. And um, I think it's very realistic at some point this year we are down lower, at which point I'm going to start toying with adding back into long positions. The market could completely fall apart from 850. I don't think so, though. I think it's probably going to hold there for a while. All right, so let's shoot into, into our positions here. And before I do, I have a quick question. I just bought an M3 materials, three years old. Um, when the rut traded lower. Are the delta adjustment entry guidelines the same or have they been updated to a higher rut level? Especially in the short and long um, the short and long string positioning, should they not be wider? Okay, so the point values in general of the range that the Russell runs are generally the same as they were uh, three years ago and they're generally the same as they were all the way since 2005, 2006. So there hasn't been any reason to play with wing widths, although you can if you'd like. Uh, the system still works, right? So we're talking about a concept-based system here that is designed to work long time, you know, for um, work well in pretty much any market condition for long periods of time. So um, the strike positioning is is the same as it always has been. It's always worked well. It continues to work well because we're we're running with the concept of delta and things like that. As a matter of fact, when we do a double-sized M3, which we cover in the APM course, a lot of times our wing widths are even less than 50 points. Sometimes they're <clears throat> they're 30 or 40. So, so the answer is uh, no, there's really been no changes to that. The only thing we have been doing and we've been um, really open about, and I believe I, uh, there's a section, a bonus section in the M3 with that, where we talk about changing um, the program itself has a delta uh, negative delta limit of minus 100, but now you know, we run to, at the edge of the tent or outside the tent, we're running minus 50. 
And that was mainly put in place to deal with a 2013-ish type of environment. Uh, and it's a compromise between uh, between that environment and, of course, the environment we're in now where the market just goes down. So realistically, in this really hard down movement, then you'd be you know, slightly better off allowing a little bit more negative delta to the upside because the market's bearish. Uh, when the market's clearly bullish, you're better off actually trading a little bit more positive delta. So those are minor modifications. I mean, one thing you'll notice about our programs is we're not changing them and coming out with something new every, every six weeks because they work long term. Um, the programs were developed to be very dynamic over a very long period of time, over a huge price range in the Russell. You think about it, we went from 350 to 1350 almost, right? That's a thousand points. The systems worked at 350. The systems work at 1250. So, uh, so just just the way they are. When you have unique market situations like 2013, where the market just never um, pulled back, then it's beneficial. I mean, realistically, in 2013, if you weren't, if you took on any kind of risk to the upside, or uh, put position bearishly at all, for the most part, you had a really hard year, 2013. And just as since maybe November, if you're bullishly positioned at all, you're having a challenging time to the downside, and that's just a function of of market conditions and, and the general trending direction of the market. It has really nothing to do with wing width. So uh, the strike positioning on all the programs is uh, remains the same. Now, if you're doing market reading, then you know widening or narrowing wings, you could do it to that, but you want to know what you're doing and why you're doing it. It's less, it's less dependent on the price level of the index than it is in the volatility of the marketplace. So as the market becomes more volatile, that might be a reason you might want to widen your wing width a little bit. Um, when the market becomes less volatile, generally you're, you're fine with the, with the more narrow wings. So uh, the price levels aren't, aren't not as important as the volatility levels. So hopefully that helps with that question. So this said, that said, uh, this is what we looked like on the February bearish butterfly when the markets opened on Tuesday. Really, there is there is no reason to do anything here. We did have an intraday move all the way down into here. Particularly a bearish butterfly, especially one third uh, scaled in. There is just no reason for me to make intraday adjustments with a position like this. I mean, if you look at your risk, if the market closed down here, yeah. You know, if the market closed at 9.50, or the market closed at 9.60, then we'd be looking at a rollback because then we're taking on risk. But if we're sitting here uh, and the market's already down 35 points for the day, and you're in this position here, there's just no reason to, to do anything. So um, obviously the market closed the end of the day actually higher than it did on Tuesday. We actually closed up here. I mean, even midday, um, I haven't looked at it, even look at it, but even midday, when the market was down, let's see, 28, if this updates. Right, even when the market's down 35, this isn't a terrible looking position here. So um, no reason to do anything. And of course, by the end of the day, 
this just kind of popped back. It's not showing it here, but um, but uh, yeah, but it popped back up into here. So let me just take this off. There we go. So it popped back up into 1110, and that's what we look like on Wednesday. The resulting bounce that we've got so far put us up into what about 1030, 1040 here. No, about uh, 1020. So here, here we sit as of the end of day Friday. This position is uh, looking perfectly fine. Oh yeah, okay. Uh, let me comment on that. So I just got a comment that the option view version 7.84 is out. Form says it contains a big bug again. Uh, can I comment on this? Uh, first of all, I, I, I saw the message in the forum. I did not update. So I do not have any, have any direct experience with this. I, um, this is not the updated one. This is the 7.3. I sent an email to Len, and um, I have not heard back from him. I sent it to him immediately on Saturday, and I haven't heard anything, and I haven't heard anything from anybody else. So the best thing you guys can do is if you have any experience with that and you've experienced a profit and loss problem, let me know. Uh, you know, one of the things I might suggest is if you updated. Um, oh, okay, thanks, Jens. I, I haven't, I haven't. Yeah, I know, I know. You, I knew you're, you're the one who um, who um, alerted us of the issue, and you know, it's, I haven't experienced. Did you try deleting your asset files? Okay, so Francois says the new. Okay, so try deleting your asset files, and um, and see if that helps. I mean, usually it does. It's not going to be a, pro a profit and loss thing, but who the heck knows? With Option View, the way they interconnect stuff, I have Francois telling me the new version works perfectly fine. So, um, and that that has been the case in the past sometimes with some of these updates as well. I had some students that in in the past who updated, and then they get crazy T plus zero lines, and I updated, and it seems to be fine, and then all of a sudden, boom, it starts going crazy. So. Uh, but uh, but yeah, double check on that. I'm waiting to hear back from Len, so I, I don't really have any any other news for that. But I'm glad you brought that up because I kind of forgot about it. Um, for right now, I'm avoiding. I, I, what I would do if you haven't updated yet, if you've updated, that's fine. I mean, just keep make sure your profit and loss keeps track. Okay. If you um, if you haven't updated, you might want to wait a couple days and see if more information comes out. But as of right now, I'm in the camp that hasn't yet updated. Uh, profit, okay, so here's another one from Curtis. Profit and loss is way off in my rut position. Replacing the asset file did nothing. Okay, so um, there's, there's two people, right? So there's some confirming stuff. So keep me updated with that. Um, I'm going to, I'll email Len back again at some point today, and we'll see, or hopefully he'll actually get back to me, and we'll see, um, see if we can figure out what the deal is with that. So in the meantime, I think the Greeks are okay. But uh, just watch your profit and losses when you start, um, um, you know, selling trades or making adjustments to your trades and stuff. Uh, apparently, they can get way off. So, I believe that's what the issue is. But yeah, keep me updated, and I'll try and keep as many people updated as I can um, through the processes. Uh, sorry, we have to put up with this, but hopefully, ONE is coming out with uh, their. They have their new version out, so. Um, We'll have to keep up to date with that as well. Maybe we can uh, switch over to there uh, and go from that. All right. 
here, so that's the February bearish butterfly. Uh, no adjustments there. The M3 trade, let's go back to Tuesday. We were in a similar situation where um, as long as you stay out, out of this intraday, you were fine, right? If you go to Wednesday, right, we had the hard push down, we came back and ended up like this. I did not run any adjustments here. The, um, if you were, if you're an intraday trader, this could have been, if you were an intraday trader, this could have been problematic because you probably rolled back at the bottom and then you got toasted the other way, in which case you need to look at the viability if you want to stay in the trade or not because of a drawdown. I know um, I have a live M3 trade that I didn't adjust. I have my super simple M21 trades that I didn't adjust. I have a um, live M3 trade that is followed by um, other money, so to speak. And because of that, it had to be adjusted intraday because I have a, a, an intraday delta limit on that. And the trade is still okay. It would actually be, it would be up money right now had I not adjusted back. Now it's down about a thousand, well, lot less than that, maybe four or $500 per 10 lot. So uh, it's down a little bit where it would have been up. But in general, uh, survivable. My trade desk position, um, I over-adjusted to the downside on that. That's a, that's a whole different situation there. That's not my money. So um, we have to have intraday guidelines to the downside on that. So um, and I'll explain that in the update later on. But that trade was over adjusted to the downside, and that is, is down probably 4% or something. So in general, uh, if you left it alone, you're probably doing fine. If you force an adjustment near the bottom, you're probably drawing down some. But um, for this particular trade, we do not, uh, we don't adjust intraday, and this was not adjusted intraday. Uh, if drawdown is not yet at max loss, what loss would you recommend for an early exit with a loss? Okay, so that is a that is like a really really good um, topic, um, especially since we don't have a lot of adjustments to look at today. So the topic there is, or the um, the idea there uh, with exiting is when I start uh, when when my position's drawn down, I want to look at two things. And one of them is, what is, what's my opportunity cost of not being in the next month? In other words, I start taking on a lot of risk because um, I'm getting closer to expiration, so I'm a little bit more sensitive to price movement risk. Uh, also, I'm looking at pricing of entering a, uh, a March position. If, if my pricing to enter a March position gets really, really favorable, and this one just doesn't look good and it's starting to take on a lot of risk, then I'm going to say, you know what, I, there's opportunity costs there. I'm going to put my assets into uh, a March position. And the next next thing I look at, too, is, is what's the ATR of the market? I mean, right now, we have an average true range of 25, which means I can, a 25 move, point move in either direction wouldn't be that unusual. And... I need to look at that and say, well, what kind of drawdown am I faced with with a 25-point move? Is it going to push me past my maximum loss? If I'm in a position where I have to continually flatten and flatten and flatten the position, I'm just not going to make my money back. So 
there's really not a whole lot of point staying in it. One of the things I'll do if I get drawn down a little bit is I will leave the trade and, in other words, sometimes avoid making adjustments and just see if the market comes back. Because a lot of times, a lot of times it's really helpful if the market helps out and comes back. If I continually flat my T plus zero line and the market does come back, then I'm just going to keep, since my T plus zero line is flat, I'm not going to gain any money. So at some point, and this is what I'm doing with my trade desk trade, is I'm going to rely on delta a little bit to see if it brings the trade back some. If it brings the trade back some, then great, I can flatten out again and trade back normally. If it doesn't bring the trade back and it takes off to the upside, which is going to be the problem with that particular trade, if the market just takes off and keeps going up, which I'm actually, I think it's going to, so I think I'm more likely to um, not win the trade than win the trade. But um, if the market does cooperate and pull back 20 points or so, 30 points, which is for certainly within the realm of possibility, we have an ATR at 25, um, that may bring me back enough where I can actually trade that more normally again. So that is, um, that's one thing. All right. So that's, uh, I guess that's how I would answer that uh, question. Uh, all right. Let's go back to, actually, let me look back at the questions here quickly. Sorry, here I have a lot of uh, comments. All right, so uh, oh, sharing my opinion, Option Net Explorer discount. Uh, okay, yeah, so Option Net Explorer has a discount, I believe, right? So, and, and Ray's just putting the um, putting the link in the um, in the thing. So, yeah, we can post that to the. Uh, can you post it in the community, Ray? So if you can go do that, that would be uh, good. Um, all right. So would I not have two months on at the same time? Well, that depends on the way you trade, right? So the M3 trade is a conceptual-based trade. It's it's meant to get people away from this rule-based uh, thing where they're where they're where they're extremely rule-based and get get to know how positions react a little bit better and be able to make proper decisions, right? So that's really the intent behind doing the trade. And that being the case, you know, one of the things is days to expiration. You can, tr there are certain benefits to trading far from expiration. There's certain benefits and drawbacks to trading closer to expiration. Uh, it's good for you to learn those and identify when is a good time to trade one way versus the other. And the reality is there's not something that I can say necessarily that's going to tell you that this is a good condition to be close to expiration and this is a good position to be far from expiration. It's really something you have to learn by being in the markets. So um, that gives you an opportunity to do that, especially if you're far from expiration. So. Um, so that's the way we, we run the systems. If you're doing straight gui as guidelines as you can, you're entering 56 days or you're exiting, you know, at max loss or profit target. That's not the intent, right? The intent is to uh, be a little bit more dynamic than that. Here, uh, we have some traders who prefer to overlap trades. We have other traders who do not prefer to overlap trades. I think most of the traders who trade DM3 probably don't. They probably go, on average, somewhere between the 45-day range to the 15-day range and trade in that range. I think that's what's most common. Um, of course, from month to month, you might get different results. Uh, generally, to start off, I just run 56-day cycles, overlap them. You have a little bit of... Um, 
should I say, uh, different positioning, so the same move may not hurt you. It could hurt you the same move if it's extreme enough, but in general, the same move is going to be less painful if you're in uh, two separate months. So trading two months is fine, especially in the beginning. At some point, you're probably going to trade one month. You're probably going to double size it. And uh, in other words, trade the same plan capital, but have the size doubled. A lot of the more experienced traders are doing that. So those um, those are just some, some diverses. But any of that's allowed in the M3. Like, for example, this month with the M3, or the last couple of months being far from expiration uh, was extremely beneficial. And, you know, we go as far as 75, 80 days sometimes. So uh, those react very, very well in this environment. As a matter of fact, any options trade, whether it be a condor or a broken wing butterfly or whatever, far from expiration is going to be very resilient to uh, what these volatility levels and the way the option skews are. They're going to be very uh, resilient to these huge price moves. Anything close to expiration is going to be problematic. So uh, those are the types of things you're going to experience as you go uh, go move ahead. What's my signal to shift from a non-directional to a directional and abandon the flat T plus zero line? That has to do, obviously, with, uh, with your technical analysis uh, opinions and whether you do directional or not. I, we have a lot of traders who do not do directional no matter what the market's doing. They pay no attention to charting. Dave's, um, Dave's son actually trades that way, right? He, um, he, there's just no, no, no technical analysis at all. He does perfectly fine, and that's great. If for whatever reason you take technical analysis into consideration and you're, you're okay to be wrong, in other words, hey, you know, technical analysis, I say, is right 50%, of, a good solid 50% of the time, at least 50% of the time, so... <laughs> 50% of the time, it's right 50% of the time. And, um, you know, if you're willing to take the, if you're, if you're willing to take the risk that if you're wrong, you're going to take a loss in the trade, then that's perfectly fine. I mean, certainly if the market's completely overextended, I mean, I know when, I know on Wednesday, I was pushing vert, bullish verticals. I'm selling bullish verticals like crazy as the market's coming down because I was actually bullish from a technical standpoint on the market going back up. Um, so, yeah. Okay, I have a problem regarding that. I do no technical analysis during the back testing, and live trading is different. But I do not know whether live trading is more profitable. Oh, well, that's an interesting thing, isn't it? Okay, so um, he's basically saying, right, so <laughs> here is where interesting things come in. We back test one way. And we find a system that works great, M3 or whatever, and then we live trade it, and then we take technical analysis into account, and then we do something different. All right, and that's um, that's something that we address extensively in the APM squared program. And if you're back testing with no technical analysis, uh, when you switch over to your system, you should be running no technical analysis. If you're going to do technical analysis in your um, in your live trading, then you need to go back and incorporate it into your back testing in a manner where you are not, which is challenging from a, from a psychological standpoint, because you have to be able to let go of the fact, and be, you have to be able to let go of the future and be able to objectively look at what you would have been looking at, and um, and run the trade the way you planned it out ahead of time, no matter what happens, 
right? So that's uh, that's something that's challenging, and I can't obviously go over here because I think we spent like four or five hours on this at APM. Uh, <clears throat> how to do what we call trade debriefs and how to do trade planning. So when you start using technical analysis, we're starting to look at doing a different trade plan when we enter the trade, right? Because you don't want to be doing your technical analysis during the trade. You want to be doing your technical analysis before you enter the trade. When there's no emotion attached to it, you want to do all, make all your way, make where all your important points are. And a lot of times when we do technical analysis, we're doing technical exit points. We're doing, um, you know, a lot of stuff like that. And, and we're also planning the areas where we're going to take on a little bit more delta than normal, stuff like that. And you have to be able to uh, plan that ahead of time, trade it, and then go back and check your trade and make sure you're doing it the same way. So a lot of, um, lot of um, good things there. And uh, yeah, yeah, and looking forward to this in the M21 bonus sessions, right? So I'm sure we're going to be talking about this a ton in M21 as well. And we do talk about uh, the trade planning extensively in the M21. In the APM squared um, class, we focus a more on trader improvement. In other words, um, you know, doing the trade debriefs and setting up a system for yourself so you can consistently become better at trading. So, um, so that's how that goes. Uh, let's see. So that is that. February M3. No adjustments here. I'll show you where we ended the um, end of the week. In this position here, again, you can look at the T-log if you'd like, but there was no adjustments last week. This is currently sitting really nice, other than we're down a little bit of money. So not to not not unexpected from the challenging market moves we've had. So then we have the February V Condor, which we know does not typically do well in really high volatility. And by that I mean it's usually not disastrous. You're not usually uh, it would be very very hard to take uh, more than a, a maximum loss on a, on a um, V Condor, but. Um, it's possible, but it's very, very difficult because of the way that it's adjusted. It just doesn't take on a lot of directional risk. Um, and if you get out when you're supposed to. But this is what the trade looks like. It's down a little bit. And I think the profit and loss is actually, I thought it was worse than that, but um, maybe not. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I don't know why it was posting a number that was wrong. <laughs> just <laughs> leave it up to an option view quirk, as they say. And uh, this trade didn't have any adjustments. And we're looking like this. If we look at our analyze graph, we're here. This is probably going to take a small loss, although if the market stalls, we may actually get a, get a little bit profitable here. But um, but that is our V Condor for February. Speaking of V Condors, I got a question on um, I have a question on uh, V Condor for March. I should have put that on last Friday, so I went ahead and back and did it. I'm not trading the V Condor live right now. It's too volatile of a market. But um, here is uh, V Condor for March as far as an entry goes. I, it would have been entered a week ago Friday, right? And it would have been, uh, well, let me just go back to there real quick. Right, this would have been entered a week ago Friday with our shorts at about 10 delta, or minus 11 in this case. Um, 850 short strikes here, a straddle at 990, 1110 short strikes there, position that looks like that. 
and as of today, I'll pop down the t-log too so you can just quickly see it. Right, so there's the entry. There was no reason to make any kind of adjustments on this. And as of today, that would look uh, something like that. So that's the March of E-Condor with the entry. We have uh, a rock entry that was due on Wednesday. This, um, I'll just quickly, I have to actually get off to a uh, the, my other webinar, but let me just quickly go over the next couple trades and our entries. Our rock trade was entered actually as a modified rock this month because of the volatility levels. Um, this is a part of the rock program that we're probably going to change. But for now, I'm going to follow the program. Um, but uh, I don't like out-of-the-money calls in general. They just they collapse in value too much. They're really great in hugely volatile markets. 2011 crash, flash crash 2010. If you're entering at any near, you know, anywhere as near um, near those time periods where you know just after the flash crash or during the flash crash or um, immediately afterwards for the next month or so, or 2011 a crash after the next month or so, 2008, early 2009 where the market's just swinging all over the place. Out of the money calls can be great with that because you have a lot of downside room in a butterfly in general. And then if you have that explosive up move, then the calls take up your, your slack. There's, in the pro, we made the program, we, we're looking at a, um, a good compromise on where to switch from doing an M3, which is, has a much more stable T plus zero line, but more downside risk, versus a modified rock, which has very little, really no downside risk. I mean, you have to have, I mean, it would have to be insane to have a problem with that. Um, but it does have the risk of the market going up and kind of stalling. Right, and we have ways to switch out of. We have, in other words, when we enter this as a modified rock, our objective here basically is to get out of this position as quickly as possible. We can get into an M3 trade once the volatility or the entry test allows you to do that. So we did the entry test. It put us in a modified rock. I don't necessarily like it, but that's what the program says. That's what I did. Uh, and like I said, we may be making some changes to this particular positioning. Um, as far as I need to determine a different way to to word when to go from an M3 to this position. But anyway, this is what we entered here. Um, you know, this looks beautiful from a T plus zero line standpoint, but you need to realize this T plus zero line is a collapsing asset. It's just going to drop out really, really quickly. So um, unless the move is explosive, it's going to be challenging. So um, if you come to Friday... We'll just show you where it sits. Right, down about $70. And the position now looks like this. So you saw the collapse in the T plus zero line, how fast it dropped out. That's the problem with out-of-the-money calls. They're not, um, they're not as they appear to be, so to speak. Uh, again, good if we get, if we, if we got a 100-point up move, like when we were doing the, um, the, the um, 2008, 2011 and so forth, we were getting 100-point up moves like boom overnight. And that's what this protects against uh, is those huge moves. Anything, uh, a small up move like 30 or 40 points like we got is not, um, is not conducive to this type of a position. So anyway, that is the rock position for now.
and we can change that afterwards. We also entered, so here's the t-log for that. We also entered a bearish butterfly on Friday, which I do like. I, I really like um, bearish butterflies right now. And I entered with um, with the 990 shorts, just 10 butterflies. We're about 26 or 20 or 25 points under the market, which is fine. Uh, that's that. And then T-Log is there. And then we have, of course, our March M3 trade, which was entered. And that was actually entered with 18 butterflies because of the volatility levels. We can uh, we have to add more butterflies to balance off our call. So here is our call at 8:40, and our 18 um, our 18 butterflies. Our analyzed graph is pretty darn flat, and we have some decent sized down room here, and. That, I believe, is all the positions. Um, could I share an M21 trade today? I cannot. I apologize. We are. I need to get on another webinar. Uh, the ONE discount link is, uh, is posted again here, which um, if you could post that within the forum in the Lock Options community, that would be great, uh, Philip, or, and, um, and uh, Ray also. Um, and what price did I get on the bearish butterflies? Well, the butterflies were like eight something, I think. Let me go back there. And I can tell you, you can you can tell what it got for a price right here. It's um, it's eight eight dollars and seventy cents is what it was. That's what the mid price was listed at anyway at that particular time. So, uh, all right, I believe that's all we have. I'd like to thank everybody for joining me today and we will talk to you next week.